now, it's time for... No, I don't live in my parents' basement. A show that covers comics, movies, music, pop culture, and everything in between. Here's your host, PJ Kennard and Adam Dellinger. Yeah, welcome to another episode of No, I Do Not Live in My Parents' Basement. I am BJ Kennard. And I am Adam Dillinger. And diligently looking at some stuff on your phone, which is going to be a good times today. We've got a wide open uh, show or podcast today, covering off on all different things that are broken this week. And one that I just saw yesterday, I think it was, which I thought was surprising. And I will give you the headline according to Deadline. Steven Spielberg criticized for plan to block Netflix from Oscars. And so here's here's the backstory behind it. Spielberg is a current governor for the Academy's director's branch. So what he wants to do is he wants to make changes to Oscars eligibility rules, saying that films that debut on streaming services or just get a short theatrical run should not qualify for the Emmys. Or they say, sorry, they should qualify for the Emmys and not for the Oscars. He's saying that that should be a television award and not a movie award. On what grounds? That it's a streaming service. Where do you watch streaming things? You watch them at home or on your tablet or on your phone. You're not going to the movies to see it, which you are doing for all the rest of these things. Does Steven Spielberg know that he sounds like old man get off my lawn right now? Well, I think people are pointing that out to him. So I will tell you what the 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 quote here from Amblin says, Stephen feels strongly about the difference between the streaming and theatrical situation. He'll be happy if the others will join his campaign when that comes up at the Academy Board of Governors meeting. He will see what happens. Think about this for a minute. So let's take the best Spielberg movie that he's ever made. That's subjective, of course, but what would you say it is? Batteries not included. <laughs> I own that movie. Ironically. That was him, right? Yes. I uh, a I don't think any of the sequels, but he did do the first one. So I'll Greatest s- Steven Spielberg movie ever? I'm going to say E.T. I mean, you could pick anything. Sure. J- just for the sake of this argument. Let's roll with it. I'm going to say E.T. Yeah. I was born in 1983. Okay. I remember watching E.T. as a child, mm-hmm. right? And E.T. critically acclaimed. Mm-hmm. And it was one of the first, uh, well, Close Encounters, kind of the same sure. way. One of the first major production alien films with special effects that looked believable at the time. Yeah. I'm not old enough to have seen either one of those movies in the theater. Mm-hmm. So to say that I can't respect either one of those as being critically acclaimed, fantastic films by Steven Spielberg, just because I watched them on a smaller screen, seems ludicrous to me. I feel you on that. But I, I, think, what, I think what Steven is asking here is a bigger question. What is the movie industry today? Because... I think it's this week coming up, or this this week uh, is uh, Ben Affleck's Netflix movie, where it's an, it's a mission where these guys are military guys. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's like a heist type movie, but it's it's big hitters in a what looks like a real movie. You know why it looks like a real movie? Because it is a real movie. It's just coming out on Netflix. Have you seen the Ballad of Buster Scruggs? No, and I know it was nominated for a few things, at least nominated for a song and a few things here and there, and I've known people who have seen it. It just didn't tickle my fancy enough to watch it. Which is fine, but I'm a huge Coen Brothers fan. Yeah. So Fargo, mm-hmm. so Oh Brother Where Art yeah, Thou, the big, the big Lebowski. Not heard of that one. I mean, we're talking about massive films, and we're talking about filmmakers. Yeah. Like, the Coen Brothers, they don't make movies. 
That's not what they do. I think this Netflix thing they did with the Ballad of Buster Scruggs, which I think is phenomenal, the disgraced uh, Liam... Liam Neeson? Yeah, Liam Neeson is is in this film. Okay. Uh, The little... And it's these recurring characters from Coen Brothers sure. films, right? And they're all in this thing. I believe all oh, Tom Waits is in the is in the film, yeah. and he plays like a fantastic character. But it is certainly a film. It's not a comedy. It's not a movie. It's not any of those Adam Sandler or Will Smith movies that sure. they're doing on Netflix now. Well, I, hey, you know what? I didn't mind Bright. Bright, like I I thought it was fine. They're going to do a sequel to it. I don't understand the argument though. That it's not a real movie? Check this out. This is what I was looking for okay. on my phone. I couldn't find the name of this thing, but I just found it. Other Side of the Wind. Do you know what that is? I uh, know. So that's coming to Netflix. All right. Oh, oh the, the the largest, uh, like, the biggest Chinese movie ever, right? Or Asian film? No. Oh, that's Other, something that's happening, too. Other Side of the Wind okay. is an unreleased, fully produced, never-before-seen Orson Welles film. Oh. Now, because that's coming to Netflix, are you going to tell me that it is not real? That that it can't be nominated for an Academy Award? It is Orson Welles. We're talking War of the Worlds. Yeah. We're talking Citizen Kane. Good luck finding a greatest films of all time list that, in which Citizen Kane doesn't appear in the top five. Now I feel you on that. Yeah, I, I think Stephen, like you said, may start to realize that he's the old man in the room because I enjoy. I enjoy Netflix for many reasons. Now, I also have cable. Like, I I mean, I, I'm on the news every day, and I need to stay up on current events. So I want to have network television. I don't want to, you know, try to find I want it right, when, right, when right. it's happening. So that's why I do that. But then I have Netflix. Like, I binged the last time we I was on episode five of Umbrella Academy for the last podcast, finished binging that thing. I loved that show. I really did. Now I'm looking forward for season two. Then I found another one this week uh, called Russian Doll. Oh, Russian Doll is killer. Did you you watch it? Yeah, the concept, everything. So I love the fact, and I didn't realize this going into it, that number one, each episode is no more than 30 minutes. Right. Something like 26. Like, oh, this is outstanding. And there's only seven. I was, it was over before I was, oh, that's it. Well, fantastic. And it ended in a manner that I could appreciate. So I, I knocked that thing out. So that's one side of what Netflix is good for, the shows. Mm-hmm. But then I will watch the original movies that are on there, too, because like I haven't been to the movies in probably maybe four weeks or so. I can't remember the last movie I saw. Oh, I saw Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. was the last one that I saw. We will see uh, Captain Marvel this week. I'll be buying my tickets by the time this thing uh, goes to, to publish. You probably should have bought those yesterday. No, I think I'll be okay. Well, the problem is this. It's me, my wife, my daughter, and my son. And my my daughter, not as Captain Wet Blanket, but we've kind of dubbed her that because we, at some point, the three of the rest of us have it in our minds that she was like, superhero movies, and that was it. Now, granted, my daughter's about to turn 16, so that like she would make that noise. No, but she's in the age where that attitude and yeah. that noise is acceptable. And But that was like a while ago. And then, like, three superhero films since then were like, man, we were talking about going to see this, and she wouldn't want to go see it. She's like, why would I not want to go? It's like, well, you pooped on that other. She's like, I don't remember that. So every time we kind of write Sammy out of this, and uh, she has a conflict this weekend coming up. So she has gone ahead and give us the approval that we can go see it on Saturday, and then I or the rest of us, maybe we'll all go to do it again, then we'll go with her to go see it at another point. So I'll be going to see Captain Marvel. 
And then I've got other movies lined up, Shazam, and then Avengers, of course, uh, and, and, you know, the, the superhero flicks between now and then. But beyond that, I don't sound like I'm going to the theater that much, so I can appreciate the Netflix films when they come out. And I've never looked at them as not being real films because they're two hours long, there's no commercials, and they look like every other movie I've ever seen from a visual perspective. It's not like it looks like it was shot on a handy cam or, a, or an iPhone. It looks real. You know why? Because they are real. Man, I heard somebody right after the Oscars say something about the way that the film industry is operating now. I'm talking the old school silver screen, buy your tickets. Yeah. Part of Spielberg's issue is, and I just looked this up. He's today he's worth three point seven billion dollars. Man, struggles. Yeah, you know, struggles. and he he's done well with himself, and and he's worked with the best, and he can do everything. Like I, you'd be hard pressed to find a Spielberg movie that's not good. Even like AI, like I like that movie. I like the movie. Will I, Smith. Right. No. What's well, that's I Robot. Uh, yeah. Which one was it? Oh, AI uh, with Haley, Haley Joe, Joe Osment. Yeah. Yeah. And Jude Law, and it's a futuristic. Yeah dystopian future deal but you know it's not bad it's not you know you're not writing your parents about it it's not et or jurassic park or jaws or whatever but it's still a decent film netflix is making about the same amount of money and growing every single month yeah it doesn't matter if they put out a stinker it just doesn't matter because that pool of people that are subscribing is still growing because of that, they can pay the actors better. And the movie industry is losing actors and losing contracts to streaming services. Yeah. And I would bet you that that's what this whole thing is about. Might be. The thing is, what you could do is you could embrace it, though. Why not, why not be an industry leader, because Spielberg has over the years, and be a part of it and find a way to help usher this into the future and get people to see this stuff more than they're doing in the theaters. Now, there was last year was a, a decent year at the box office, you know, from a gross perspective. Uh, but I have to imagine with the way streaming is going, fewer and fewer people will go to the theater to see the movies because they can get them right here. Well, and there's another side to that too, PJ, and that's that like I can't do IMAX 3D at home. Yeah. But the setup that I've got to watch television and to hear sound with uh, the receiver and everything sure. that I've got going on. I mean, it rivals a standard movie, and yeah. you can do that now for a couple of thousand dollars or less. Or less, you're right. Yeah, my soundbar, like, because I have a, I do have a home theater room in my house. Right. I seldom go into that dang thing. It's become my son's Xbox and PlayStation room. But for him, it probably rivals what the movie, sure. a standard movie theater. Can yeah. Do. So in my living room, I've got the soundbar, which I am down with, and so I think Stephen will ultimately lose this because i was surprised it might have been the emmys or the golden globes where i saw uh golden globes or where it was where i saw roma was nominated in it and it won some stuff and i'm like roma i've never heard of this i didn't remember seeing a commercial for it because i never did because it was a netflix, netflix movie. movie that's right and then i was like oh my only issue with it just face value for me i like movies with dragons and robots and superheroes <laughs> i saw just a clip of it and went that looks terrible for me right there's no, you i don't know if you could pay me to watch that movie because I, I just wouldn't be able to get through all of it think about it like this you are uh, a part of the board of directors for the grammys yeah and you're gonna eliminate somebody from say best album mm-hmm. right because they released it digitally only 
and didn't have a hard form CD or whatever. Now that seems asinine, right? Yeah. Because the music industry is way far ahead of the streaming thing. But you just made it make a thousand percent of truth there. It's the same concept. Yeah, it really is. That's good perspective because I, I didn't think about that. But that, that is where it is today. That's where the artists are making their money in the music industry. And that's probably where it'll start to, to trickle in. I mean, you can get an 8K television right now if you've got some cash. Right. I've got a 4K, but there's not a lot of 4K content out there. We're getting to that. You have to stream like the 15-minute videos of like the great barrier reef with the fish swimming around no joke and they look awesome and i i will tell you i've seen more bs nature (laughs) programs in the last two years of my 4k tv than i have in the 40 plus years of my life have i told you the story about the last television i bought about six months ago no so i went to best buy yeah and you know what i told the guy I said, he said, hey, man, can I help you? I said, yeah, man, I'm here to buy a TV, and this is going to sound ultra pretentious, but this is what I want to happen. Okay. I walk around, and I look at the TVs that are hanging up on the outside of these walls, and then I buy them from you guys. Every time I get home, it doesn't look as good. Yeah. So how much money do I have to spend so that when I get home, it still has that same wow factor? And he's like, all right, well, these are the TVs you need to look at. Yeah. So I buy the television. I take it home. It's mounted on the wall and everything, and just like you – like the first three hours of that television was like volcano eruptions. Right, yeah. <laughs> you know, birds like just flying through the sky. And then, and then like you're not even looking at the bird. You're like, look at the background. <laughs> right. Look how clear those rocks are two miles yeah. in the distance. Worst part about that, though, is in like going back to cable and watching the football game. And it's yeah. like, oh, man. There's still pixelation because they still <laughs> yeah. can't keep up with the TV because of motion blur. It's true. But I will thank the Netflix on that because they do have a 4K section. Sure like do. if you're watching Daredevil, that's in 4K. If that's you're right. watching a lot of that. So uh, not only are they leading in uh, making sure technology is available to match the the way TVs are working? They're giving us movies and like that. So I hope Stevens, you know, fails on this because we watched more, heck more people might have watched Roma than Green Book. Uh, well, subscription numbers would probably tell you that's pretty accurate. Yeah. And the last thought that I have on this whole thing is I watched The Three Amigos a week ago. Oh, good for you. Do you love the movie? I love it. And we've been wanting to show the kids that, but we just never have. So Three Amigos is a movie that I own and one that if I have things to do, I will cut it on the background. I can quote the entire movie. Yeah. It's like Ghostbusters. It's farley, just... Farley, 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 farley. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. So you remember the beginning of the movie? Uh, they're filming a movie, right? And and do you remember the scene directly after that when Harry Flugelman calls him into the, the studio? To see, he's the CEO of the studio or whatever, okay. owns the thing, takes their clothes, strips them. He said, you no longer live in the studio mansion. I want you off my lot. Steven Spielberg is Harry Flugelman. He's oh. old school Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. And I think that he's stuck in that thing where yeah. he lives on a set and it just doesn't work that way anymore. Yeah. Unfortunately. And here, I think this is what will have happen. I think, you know, J.J. Abrams of the world will be the ones that embrace the Netflix and make it so it becomes the norm. Yeah. And Zack Snyder, too, because nobody's going to go see his movie at the theater. No. This where, that's the next spot Brian Singer's going to pop up. <laughs> right. It won't even be Netflix. It'll be a Hulu <laughs> release of some sort. Uh, I did see, uh, speaking of uh, uh, Zach and the movies, I saw this week that DC is saying that the DC Extended Universe for movies is no longer going to be a thing. 
It, it very much is a thing in Marvel. Every single Marvel movie is connected in some form of fashion. It's not that it's not, not that DC's not going to have the same world, but they're saying their movies aren't going to tie into each other anymore. And it kind of proved, you know, their, their main two successful movies they've had have been Wonder Woman and Aquaman. Yep. Are there multiple heroes in those movies? Nope. Justice League failed. I wish it didn't. It had so much potential, but they couldn't embrace what Marvel did. They've got Suicide Squad 2 coming out with James Gunn. We'll get into James a little bit later on, too, on something. And then they've got Wonder Woman 2, which comes out next year, which is kind of a scary proposition. Is it so bad that they couldn't have done it this year? That thing will be wrapped for like a year and a half by the time it actually comes out. So let's go back to the original thought. DC, I believe, felt pressure to have uh, an extended universe where yeah. everything all linked together. Because there was discussion early on about whether DC is going to tie in their television shows. Do you remember that? Yeah, like, do, yeah. is that going to tie in? Now, ultimately, the decision was no. But that pressure came from Marvel. Yeah, Marvel was making so much money. And they Marvel's got a formula that not only can DC not replicate, but I don't think any other filmmakers or any other studios, for that matter, have been able to pull this off. There are a lot of movies that have just as many sequels as what Marvel has currently got going on right now. Mm. But Marvel has this weird thing where you don't have to have seen all the movies to jump into the... That's magic. Yeah. I mean, you can't just pull that off. Yeah. You could have seen the last Avengers movie, and that could have been the first Marvel movie that you had seen, and it would have still been entertaining. Yeah, and if you think about it from that perspective... If you think about the opening scene of Infinity War and how if, if, if you didn't know anything about it, think about how gripping that would have been for your first introduction into that. You would have been hooked from the word go and then it just, it just would have left from there. Right. And then they do a great job of filling in the blanks. And I know that in the past, they've, you know, Zack Snyder came out and said, if you remember in Man of Steel... Superman gets blown off of that oil rig and he's floating in the ocean and you see those whales. It's been confirmed that Aquaman sent those whales yeah, yeah, yeah. to get Superman. Super cool. But did that really happen? Probably not. No way. There's it, no way. It makes for a good statement. In Justice League, they're saying that in the Joss Whedon version where it starts off with Superman in like a burning building and the little kids are, are filming him and asking him questions – they're saying that the little kid asking those questions is Billy Batson, who will be Shazam coming up. So it's young Billy Batson before he gets the powers talking to Superman about being a hero. Now, that's silly. Yeah, but I, I think that's them trying to tie everything in together. And it's not like it's hard to do. If, if you would have taken Joss, let's say, if, let's say if Marvel didn't do what they did. Let's say that Jon Favreau was the director they chose to do Superman or Man of Steel and let him run wild with that. And then you brought Joss in to do Justice League. Marvel would be catching up right now because DC would have started with the right people. With And heck, it's not like you didn't have the right characters. Mm -hmm. you, you started off the Marvel Universe with Iron Man. If you're a comic book fan, you knew who Tony, Tony Stark was. But it's not like those comics are the, the most widely sought after. It's X-Men. Granted, Fox has all the X-Men movies. But DC's got Superman. 
it's got Batman. It's got all these great heroes. And you could have started off on the right foot. But I think they just started off with the wrong vision for what we have grown to accept and want to see on the screen. Think about this for a minute. And I'm proud of DC for doing this because now it's less work to write a good story mm-hmm. because you don't have to worry about how you get from point A to point B and if point B puts you in a position where you can get to point C, right? Yeah. In the comic book world, we'll take one character and we'll take Batman. That's the character that I'm the most familiar with. Yeah. Batman, Detective Comics, Batman and Robin. Mm-hmm. And I can name four or five more titles. We don't expect those titles to all be tied into the same story. Right. Sometimes they are. Yeah. But more often than not, they don't connect at all. We can get several different one-off stories. And DC is uh, not unfamiliar with that in the movie world. Now, think about the the Tim Burton Batman movies, the two that we got. Returns and the standalone Batman film. Would you say that they were good for the time? absolutely. I'd I'd still think they're good today. Me too. I would say that they were great for the time and that they're still good today. Yeah. Batman Returns is not a sequel to Batman. There are loose ends that don't tie... It's cast differently. Mm -hmm. Where's Vicki Vale? Yeah. Not there. Right. What happened to the Joker? We don't get any closure on that thing. It's okay to have standalone stories and to make sequels out of them. Just because there's the word sequel doesn't mean that it's a carryover from the story. It just means that something from that exists in the next thing. Yeah. Right? I feel you on that. I totally do. I like the decision. Yeah. And they also announced that now the Flash is finally moving forward. So maybe that means they said, all right, hey, look, because the idea was they're doing Flashpoint. If you're trying to tie in everything else and do a Flashpoint movie, that's tough. But if you just could go out there and go, you recognize this character? It's Barry Allen. It's the Flash. Cool. Well, he's going to do something in time travel that's going to royally mess up the time stream. The Batman you know and love doesn't exist. It's going to be this. It's actually his dad and blah, 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 blah. Now you're like, okay, cool, because it doesn't have to be. Hey, remember uh, the guy who's not Ben Affleck anymore and that we've recast as the Dark Knight? It's not that guy anymore. It's going to be this. You know, you're not having to worry about any of that. Can Henry Cavill show up as Superman? And sure, that's cool. Does he have to? No. You and I talk about this a lot because we have radio background. Yeah. And we talk about classic rock radio a lot mm-hmm. and how let's take the whatever classic rock song. Let's take Stairway to Heaven. All right. Is that the one that sounds? Oh, I'm just kidding. There's this old way of looking at these classic records mm-hmm. right yeah like when stairway to heaven starts and that little arpeggio thing that jimmy page plays you don't talk as a disc jockey over that yep, not supposed to you're not supposed to because it's sacred mm-hmm. okay we don't believe in that you and i right we said that everybody knows stairway to heaven and if you're a disc jockey and you want to talk over it that's okay yep, 735 <laughs> good body everybody no, give me double time check 35 after the hour no, 35 after the hour here we're going to heaven and guess what we're taking the stairway so dc thought that way with their characters a little too yeah because batman is somebody who you, you can't deviate from his story Batman is Batman, Mm -hmm. and he is this version of Batman. And they're afraid to modernize the characters or do anything different with them. So that right there keeps them in a smaller box. And then if they're trying to connect those stories, you know what we end up getting? 
the same exact stories over and over and over again. And Marvel hasn't had a problem with that. Fox has. Fox has, certainly, <laughs> yeah. sure. But but Disney's version of the right. thing has looked drastically different. Spider-Man's a great example. Now, Spider-Man is a character, and the way that he's developed, and I'm talking strictly about Peter Parker, and I'm talking about Amazing Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. That character hasn't deviated much from, frankly, the mid-60s. That's Spider-Man. Yeah. That's the version of Peter Parker that we know. He's either a teen or he's in his 20s, and that's the end of that and story. And that's as far as it goes. Yeah. But Disney has taken some liberties and done some different things. For instance, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man is not the Spider-Man that you get in Homecoming. True. Or the next Homecoming movie. Yeah, the, uh, Far From Home. Far From Home. The Yeah, the European thing. Very different characters. But I feel like the Batman that we got from Ben Affleck and that we got from Christian Bale. Now, there's different voices and the, and the costumes are different and everything. The story's the same. Yeah. And the Tim Burton Batman is the same. Yeah. It's a dude in a... He's brooding. Right. Yeah. Brooding and he's, frankly, he's butthurt. Yeah. As a billionaire, I find that hard to believe. Right. And so it would be like the Flashpoint thing, like that would be cool. And you mm -hmm. don't have to tie it into anything. And it's okay if Thomas Wayne is Batman. Yeah. You don't have to explain anything to the audience look at marvel they don't bother explaining anything if you want to figure out who some of these people are and how they got where they got there google it there's wikipedia yep that's my point about the avengers film if that was your first foray into the whole marvel world right now okay that backstory read's going to take you about seven minutes. You're all the way called up. Yeah, so I, I'm impressed by that. So I'm glad DC's doing that. And then I saw something else this week that I don't necessarily agree with that Marvel's doing. And this is DC's gain and Marvel's loss here. And that's James Gunn, Kevin Feige, who really is... that's If you want to give any credit to why Marvel does as well as they do, it is Kevin Feige. Because they sat down... And Kevin and his crew, and they drew out what the Marvel Universe was going to look like for the next 20 years. And that's not even an exaggeration. That's what they did. That sort of forethought is ridiculously impressive. And so everything ties together. Everything's fantastic. But unfortunately, when, DC, when Disney you know, ended up owning Marvel here, your credibility and your morality comes under the microscope a lot more in focus than if you were just anywhere else besides Disney. How so? You're saying the brand power and the well, they just for the fact that it, as as Disney is buying Fox right now, which I, I hear the deal is supposed to close by the end of March. Yeah, or, soon. Or, yeah, in the next couple of weeks. The just the simple question of will Disney make R-rated films? that Fox has done, that Deadpool has done, and, and these, will they even consider doing that, really shows uh, the example of what I'm talking about here, to where you know, you're questioning, would they make a $700 million movie or not because it's rated R, like a Deadpool? Because Disney doesn't do that. Disney doesn't make R films. They make PG-13 films, or PG or G. They make G films anymore? Well, no, because we've become so sensitive and butthurt that it, it just comes out of the gate with a page. Yeah, I don't know if, I, I mean, I know there's, uh, I saw something for the Wonder Park or something where like animals are running some sort of amusement park. I bet you that's PG. Well, think about it. Like the next Toy Story movie, yeah. Buzz Lightyear's got a fake laser arm, violence, oh, PG. True, <laughs> done. Um, yeah, can't let the kids see that. Right. So 
James Gunn, who did two gangbuster movies for Guardians of the Galaxy for Marvel, it you know, a right wing Republican person, conservative, dug through and found some years old tweets. And this this is old news, but it's it's become new again with this story uh, that James did some had some said some very terrible things in these tweets. He said them on purpose because he and some other people used to fire Twitter stuff at each other to see who could be the most outlandish, who could say the most terrible things to make each other laugh. Did they believe the things they're typing? No. Unfortunately, when you put it out there, it doesn't go away unless you hit delete before anybody can screen capture it. He's talked about him in the past, too. Hey, that was years ago. I was trying to find my voice, blah, blah, blah. That being said, I have said some amazingly terrible things in my life. Every human being has. You're no different. Yes. And do I believe what I'm saying? No. Do I do it because I like shock laughter? Absolutely. <laughs> it is my favorite. The, and luckily for me, I have such a dry sense of humor. Most people don't know if I'm being sarcastic or if I'm being serious, uh, which I love. So James had already talked about these things. It Now it's back into the light. Disney says, oh, you're gone. He had written the script for Guardians of the Galaxy uh, Part 3, and which he had set up in Part 2, and they're ready to rock and roll on this. He gets fired. All of the Guardians were like, this is uh, like, even Dave Bautista's like, I'm not going to do this. Well, you're under contract. Yes, you will. He's like, I don't want to do this. They're going to do this film now. It was on the back burner, but it just came out. They've confirmed they are going to use James Gunn's script because they love it. And that's going to be Guardians 3. So your hypocrisy is so large right now that you have fired him because you don't want to be associated with him. You're not going to let him direct your movie. But kind of like the script over here. Did anybody write anything better? No, no, no. Oh, all right. Let's keep this one then because this is great. Let's run with this. Have you ever seen that before? Have you ever seen somebody get fired? But then they press forward with the script that was written by the fired person. No, oh, I don't know. If, like, if it's out there, I, w- I wouldn't know. Like, I can't I can't think of a scenario where that's ever happened. I will say this, too. Not having him on the set is going to be... Like, I would rather them have James Gunn on the set directing the movie with somebody else's script than sure. this scenario. Yeah, because he gets to make the little touches. I mean, that's he right. is Guardians of the Galaxy. Though they're, his words are going to be spoken... And somebody might be able to go in and do a fine job. That movie's probably going to be great. I mean, like, you've got a good cast. They've got such great chemistry. They, they've they worked through three films now. If well, you... the characters are entirely developed also. Yeah, and they know how to, you know, Star-Lord knows what Star-Lord is going to say. Right. Gamora knows what she, like, all of that chemistry is there now. And they've worked with James so much that... They know what's supposed to happen here. So I think that'll be the saving grace. Uh, the The real winner in this is DC because they hired James Gunn and they gave him his pick of films and he's rolling with the Suicide Squad and he'll be doing the new one. And so that might be one of their better ones because he gets to take maybe a group of characters we've never seen before, a la Guardians of the Galaxy, Star-Lord and Rocket and Groot and all that. And then he gets to make a movie that he wants to make. That will be funny and it'll be entertaining. And he's proven he can do it two and a half times over because he did it for the first two Guardians and he was an advisor on Infinity War. He had his entire pick of the lot? Uh, yeah, for for what they had. they Because they, they offered him Superman and he was like, yeah, that's good, but no. And then the Super Pets movie. And, <laughs> and, yeah, I don't. I mean, that's an animated movie. Maybe he didn't want to get into that. And he said, no, I'll take Suicide Squad. So those were his choices. Well, I don't know if they had any more. Those ones that they have talked about. And Matt Reeves could have already had, you know, uh, Matt's name's been locked into, I think, 
the Batman movie for a while. So I think Batman's probably off the table. If I'm James Gunn, I want whatever reiteration of the Justice League that we're going to do. I want what you did with Guardians of the Galaxy, and I want you to do it with Justice League. Yeah. Who they kind of ripped off to begin with anyways. I think it was probably too soon. Because I think you would have to, well, it would be tonally so different. I feel like to do it, you have to just recast the whole thing. Well, give him three years. We just learned that the movies don't have to link anymore. Yeah. And then, yeah, maybe he does do the next Justice League after this. Let him rock and roll on Suicide Squad, uh, part due, and then uh, give him a justice. I'm all right with that. I mean, DC's got so many fantastic things. I mean, if uh, a Krypton, the TV show, brought in Brainiac and did it tremendously well, that should be who takes on Superman next. Because guess what? You're not making a world or destroying a world with some sort of a world destroyer machine. It'd be fresh. We haven't seen Brainiac in a movie yet. It'd be awesome. Can the general public understand Brainiac? Sure. Just like, uh, I mean, no more than you couldn't understand Thanos. You know, Thanos has a certain kind of motto of life. You know, he really, ultimately, he wants the world and the galaxies to prosper. That's the mistaken thing about Thanos. He just does it in kind of a psychopathical way, uh, is to, in order to let everyone live, half of you must die. And once we do this, guess what? The rest of you are going to prosper like you've never seen in your lifetime. And that's what he did. Is that such a, the way he did it? Terrible way to go about doing Brainiac's not that well-rounded. Brainiac's out for destruction, man. Sort of, but he's also a collector too. You know, he wants the, he, he's, yeah, he, he does want to destroy, but there is a certain, there is a certain elegance to Brainiac too, though. I will say this about Brainiac. Let's say that you are not familiar with Superman, like you just have never been able to get on board with Superman, and I believe that's a thing, especially for young people. Like Superman's not as cool as yeah. he is to us. Yeah, we had Smallville. Heck, you know, we even right hung out with a non-powered Superman for seasons. Superman, non-flying, has... I should say, he had powers. He just didn't fly. You're right for some lame-ass reason. <laughs> Though in the first episode, he floated. The end. How do you have a majority of your powers? But like, I think the most basic one is flight, and you don't have because it's not in the budget for him to fly. <laughs> right? Uh, they would see the strings. Smallville looked that up. So, Brainiac, uh, you know, among the more classic Superman villains. But I would say that Brainiac is one of his most formidable villains too. Like he Without has a, a doubt. he has a really tough time with Brainiac. Always has. You know. Yeah. He, he needs Batman for that one. He does. And uh, also, uh, Brainiac is one of the uh, main guys in the Justice League run right now, too. So that would be a good one, because you could do Darkseid and all of those, but you know, we're, we're slightly veering off a topic. But DC has a chance to kind of bounce back, and I think they'll do it with some of the stuff, uh, not the cast-offs of Marvel, but almost the cast-offs of Marvel, because you've got Joss Whedon's in the fold now, you've got James Gunn in the fold now, and then as Marvel's not keeping them... Maybe DC will affect some of that. Or not DC, but uh, Disney might affect some of that. Look, I'm not going to say that there's going to be a downfall of Marvel movies, but we might see an uptick in the DC ones. At least that's what I believe. To play devil's advocate for your argument, too, what we really need as a DC fan, and if you're a DC fan, you're listening to this right now, what we really need is more politically incorrect, controversial stuff to happen with people involved in the Marvel movies. Oh, yeah. Because if it comes to just purchasing out their rights... DC's just never going to be able to work with the money that Disney is, is working oh, with. Yeah, it's without, just not happening. Without a doubt. You'd think that they could. It's Warner Brothers, and they, they've got some cash, but they don't have uh, Disney cash. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I, you mentioned something to me about something you saw uh, online this week, and we dug a little bit deeper, one Rob Liefeld. Rob Liefeld has teased a character. Now, I got this wrong when I presented it to BJ prior to doing this podcast uh, because he's Rob Liefeld is is a a major part of. Is he writing and yeah? So uh, Major X. Yeah, he created Major X in the '90s. The character, right. but was never able to bring it to fruition because of a little something called Image Comics. Right. That he decided to start with every predominant artist at the time. Now he's back in the Marvel fold to do this. And so uh, Deadpool may be a part of this, but we is, yep. we have a new character, Dreadpool, mm-hmm. that was unveiled on Liefeld's Instagram this week in a couple of panels. Yeah, and what he's saying is, uh, so this is what he said. He said, Deadpool meet Dreadpool, more than a merc with shoulder pads and armor. Things get out of hand early on in pages of Major X number one, out in one month, 27 years in the making. And then we learn that he is a, a alternate reality version of Deadpool who shows up in this Major X comic book series because this whole thing is a time travel comic. And we've all learned when you change the timeline or, you know, the butterfly effect, you, you crush one butterfly, everything changes in the future, that as Major X goes back in time to the X-Force Rob Liefeld days and Jim Lee X-Men days, things are changing. So he also showed a character, and I don't know if it has a different name, like this is Dreadpool and not Deadpool, but they showed, or he did a long-haired, big-bearded version of Cable, which looked pretty gosh darn cool. And, and of course, the internet will jump on it. Someone already photoshopped uh, uh, Deadpool. Uh, who played Deadpool? I'm uh, not Deadpool. Who played Cable? Well, J- uh, James Brolin. Yes. Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin. James, James, James is about 75, hanging out James with James would be uh, Cable's uh, <laughs> father. Uh, and so they took Josh Brolin's Cable and went ahead and photoshopped in a giant beard that matches and like a man bun ponytail. And it looked just like Rob's character that he drew. So we already know Cable's changing in some capacity. Now we know that uh, Dreadpool is happening as well. Do people care about Major X? Is this a massive release? Because I don't like Rob Liefeld. Yeah. The wacky proportions and all that stuff in the 90s. Now, I will say the panels and everything that he's teased for Major X is like a much more subdued modern version of what Rob Rob Liefeld would have done in, I guess, what, the early 90s? Yeah. I think that he's, I think he's heard the criticism over the years so much. That his thighs are too big and he can't draw feet and he does giant guns. Well, females. He couldn't draw females. It was bad. Yeah, the boobies were big (laughs) and the waistlines were ridiculously small. Uh, Heck, I mean, uh, J. Scott Campbell is the gets the proportions right, except for the uh, the chesticle reason. Did Jim Lee and Rob Liefeld like each other? I feel like Jim likes everyone. Because he seems laid back. But nobody liked Liefeld. Well, I think it's the panache of Liefeld at that time. Because there's a, there's, and we've brought this up on the, on the podcast before too. There's a great uh, sci fi had it on, a great six or seven episode, and they're fairly short, uh, the, the creation of Image Comics. And those guys at Marvel, when it's uh, it's Mark Silvestri and it's Jim Lee and it's Todd McFarlane and it's Liefeld and it's Wills Pistachio and it's Jim Valentino, they brought Eric Larson with them. I think that's all of them. And it got all of their takes on it 
out of it, Rob was like the youngest cat in the room. And he was the one that embraced it more than anyone else. They showed the fact that he did like a Levi's 505 but- or 501 Buttonfly Jeans commercial. And there's a comic book creator in this commercial. He's doing Late Night with Dennis Miller. And he's, you know, kind of living this dream. He's buying stuff. He's getting rich off of this. So I think it's the panache of him that the other guys might not have liked so much. Yeah, but there's also the stories from Marvel at the time. I remember this. He didn't make deadlines. Mm-hmm. The books would always come out late. He drew in a manner that was just bizarre. Now, if you think about the, it was bizarre to me. Yeah. I should say once again that's subjective. Definitely not too. classic. But I get what you're saying. It would have worked for the early '90s because this is going to sound so strange. But Kurt Cobain and sure. there's that whole thing, and it's grunge comic. Does that make sense? 100%. I've never heard that term before, but it's just this... Hashtag grunge comics. It's a careless attitude. Sure. And you sort of brought that to the books. Doesn't appeal to me. Yeah. I would have been a little young at the time, too. So, like, Nirvana and Pearl Jam and all that. We've talked about that before. But, like, I listened to 10, not when it came out, but, like, three years after the fact, because I would have been, like, nine. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so those books... I couldn't relate to those at the time because I think they were made for somebody that was about 10 years older than me. I'll give you that. So when I went back and looked at those books for what they were three, four years after the fact, they looked goofy. And then I learned about Liefeld and how he was basically the Kurt Cobain of that group of people at the time. I can't relate to that. Now, Liefeld's an adult now. He is, yes. And he's a grown-ass dude. Like, how old is he? Forty-five. Uh, I put him as forties. Yeah, I'll, I'll Google it and I'll tell you here in a second. And you just described him as being this larger-than-life rock star character at the time, which he would have been. What do you got on the age? Uh, he is. Oh, he's fifty-one. Okay, fifty-one. Yeah, be fifty-two this year in October. He's not a rock star amongst comic book people anymore. I think he's building his way back, though, thanks to Deadpool and the fact that he's doing this Marvel thing. Yeah, but. Are you one of those people that gives him credit for creating Deadpool, which he did, but he didn't make Deadpool what he is now? Oh, no, he definitely... So, yeah, he... You're 100% right. Made the character, started us down the road, and then people took it, and... I mean, Scotty Young is writing Deadpool right now, and it's, you know, and getting him out there. But, yeah, someone else really made Deadpool the avant-garde comic book character of, of of characters. I'm trying to find that first appearance. What's the comic book? Of uh, Deadpool? Yeah. Uh, New, New Mutants 98. New Mutants 98. That's it. And Deadpool does not tell jokes. I, well, you know, funny thing is, I've got it. it unfortunately, it's graded and sealed. Uh, <laughs> though I do have a, I have one of those, Marvel's been putting up those True Believer reprints, yeah, yeah, so yeah, I do yeah. have it. I didn't go back and reread that, but I don't know if they started with a Merc with a Mouth in that, or if that started in X, X-Force? I think that it started in X-Force. I'm pretty positive. But that's like saying, I mean, Liefeld's a completely different guy, and, and that's okay. And he gets credit for creating Deadpool because he did. Yeah. But he didn't make him what he is. That's the Bob Kane theory, right? He created Super... No, uh, Batman. Batman. Seagull was uh, Superman, right? Go back and read the Bob Kane comics. Mm-hmm. You can get all that stuff in a phone book size black and white graphic right now sure if you want that's not batman i mean it is batman yeah it's his name and he's bruce wayne and the joker's there and catwoman and robin 
Commissioner Gordon, that's not Batman. Bob Kane deserves credit for creating Batman, mm-hmm. but it's a whole handful of other people that have taken him and built him up into what he is. How much involvement does Rob Liefeld have with the Deadpool movies? I don't think, I think he gets to hang out. But right. You know? He has a chair in the back of the room next to craft services. Somewhere. Yeah, and he, and he gets to, you know, because of him and Fabian, uh, Nate, I can't ever say his last name, the writer of that series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you don't really hear him thrown around as much, unless you have, unless he's going to a con, creator of Deadpool, co-creator of Deadpool. But like, you don't see him doing the stuff that Rob it, does. It makes today. your signings fifty more dollars. It probably does. I think if, is the if thing. you're signing one of those. Uh, so you know, I think Rob's. I mean, if you've if you've read any recent interviews with him or seen any, he still has that that little twinkle in his eye of like you were saying, kind of the grunge artist of comics to where that devil may care attitude of i'm just going to get this done the way i'm going to get this done and that's the way it's going to be man what's interesting to me is that this is a rob liefeld fan who really enjoyed the comics of the time and the 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 terms that you just used were twinkle in the eye yeah it's a pissy arrogance is what it is yeah it might be yeah for no reason, because now you're oh, yeah, sure he created that pool. <laughs> yeah, but you're you're back in the fold now, and guess what you are? You're doing major X. That's yeah. what you're doing. Yeah, yet I, to be seen if it's if anybody's even going to buy the comic. People will absolutely buy this comic and the ten variant covers that come out with it. Over under length of the major X run. Well, we already know it's a, it's, it's six issues. I think it's six. It should be six. It's either six. It's five. Because, uh, well, I don't know. Now I don't know. I are don't, we, are they, is there going to be a zero? Well, I don't think so. Because Rob's doing the first issue. Rob's doing the last issue. In between is Will's Persaccio, uh, which uh, was doing Uncanny X-Men at the time oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. of that run. Uh, one of the artists when Bishop came out. And then there's one other dude who is uh, doing uh, some of the, uh, the, the, the drawing in between as well. Uh, oh, it's uh, Brent uh, Peebles. And so he'll be doing uh, issue number two, and then Wills will do another issue in there. And that's it. Now, will he grow out of this? Because we don't know if Major X is somebody we already know. We don't know that. But here's why it will do well. 100%, it's introducing at least one or two or three new characters. Anytime that happens, you got to buy that book. Because you don't know what's going to happen out of that. Like I bought when they were doing the... um, the the warp issues for Marvel. Now, I can't think of what they're called now, but it, it, you had the Sorcerer Supreme, Doctor Strange, and the soldier, super soldier, Captain America, merged together for the Super Soldier Supreme. So you've got both of them merged into one character. Do I have those issues? Absolutely. Do I have Tony Stark, who is merged with Thor <laughs> to become... Uh, Tony Odin's son, or whatever it happens to be, Stark's son, and he is the Iron Hammer. Absolutely, I have those because who knows if they catch on? You're going to have a Dreadpool. Now we already know people are going to buy it because there's a new Deadpool character that's going to take place. You're going to have a different cable. You got a Major X character. People are going to buy it because if it takes off, now you've got an issue that you can sell. Second question What? So over under out. So it's a six issue run. Yeah, five or six, somewhere in there. That you're super stoked about. What does Rob Liefeld do afterwards? What's the next project? I think he, because he's he's back in good with Marvel, right. and he's been doing some variant covers too. Though he did just do a Superman variant cover uh, for DC as well. 
I think they might let him. They just started X Force up again. I think issue three came out last week. Maybe issue number four. I they might let him take a little run at that. Do a couple of issues or even X Men. They're heck. X Men is weekly right now. You need to get as many artists on that as you can, and then maybe you let him try that. I don't think they're going to let him introduce any new. They're letting him introduce new characters right now. Maybe they'd let him take some of those and run with it. Now you've got an. Old Man Cable, even though that's like Old Man, Old Man Cable. From what I've read about how bad he would miss his deadlines in the first run with Marvel, in which he rose to the Kurt Cobain status we yeah. gave him, they're not letting him touch a weekly. You must, oh, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> forget I that. I don't even think they should, because uh, there, there's a weekly I'm picking up right now, which is Avengers No Road Home, or, or I don't know, maybe the last one was No Road Home, whatever the latest Avengers weekly is, and it's really solid. But I think what they do, and they do it better than anybody, is that stuff's been done. It's not like some dude's working on issue five right now when it comes out. You're right. They're done with that thing. And maybe they've slowly been doing that with with Rob on some of these. Um, Oh, you know, I do want to mention, uh, we haven't done in a little bit, a comic I feel like you need to pick up. uh, But one that I feel like you should pick up this week is uh, Cosmic Ghost Rider Destroys Marvel History. Are you familiar with the, the Cosmic Ghost Rider? Yeah, but what is this? So I have found him to be one of the most enjoyable characters in the Marvel Universe. It is Frank Castle, who in the future is turned into a Herald of Galactus and uh, and also become, has the power of Ghost Rider. So, Does he still ride the Mastodon? Uh, no, the Mastodon was the old school original um Talking about like the like the the woolly mammoth looking thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's the um, uh, Avengers uh, million BC like Ghost Rider. That's, what's what's he riding? Uh, so Cosmic Ghost Rider rides like a cosmic motorcycle, a, and he's a and space he's, motorcycle, space motorcycle. And the cool thing about the the Cosmic Ghost Rider comic that they did was he was going to go back and kill Baby Thanos, so none of Thanos' stuff ever happened. He went back. And then ended up not being able to kill baby Thanos. And was like, you know what? I'll raise you. If I raise you, everything's going to be great. But Cosmic Ghost Rider is crazy as balls. And he goes and murders everyone. So, like, little baby Thanos is witnessing Cosmic Ghost Rider just murdering and killing and all this crazy stuff. So, really, Cosmic Ghost Rider is one of the reasons Thanos is Thanos, if it gets down to it. You know, even with a different upbringing. So it's he's the, the sort of bizarre character. So what he is doing with this with this latest issue is he's going back in time and he is at the start of when the Fantastic Four become the Fantastic Four. And that's all I know. And all and he's just going to be shaking up the history of Marvel Comics. So if you want something that's going to be irreverent and just zany fun, I feel like that's going to be a fun one to pick up this week uh, with Cosmic Ghost Rider destroys Marvel history. So I would pick that thing up. I also like, uh, I'm, I'm reading right now, too, the new Justice League. Okay, yeah. Because this week's Justice League is the start of a big arc that's about to happen. So even if you haven't been collecting Justice League, Jorge Jimenez, is he's been off the book for a little bit. And I love that dude, top five artist uh, for me right now. He's back on this book. And this is supposed to start some really big things for Justice League. And I love it when they give you jump on points. Because let's say you haven't been collecting and you kind of want to, but there's so many back issues, it's going to cost too much to read it all, and you don't want to do the trade paperback. This is a great jump on point to where they, they expect big things to happen out of this. So if you're not been doing Justice League, this is also the week to kind of jump on that as well. Justice League, power five. Indeed.
The Power Five. Last week you said we needed to power up the Justice League members and figure out what the top five for Justice League would be. And I'm proud of both of us for doing some homework Mm -hmm. on some Justice League. Do you want me to go first? You go first. Can I give you honorable mention or do you want those last? No, I don't care. I'm going to go in order. So are you going to go 5, 4, 3, 2, 1 or 1, 2, 3, 4, 5? 5, 4, 3, 2, okay. 1. Number 5, I've got Wonder Woman. Okay. Did Wonder Woman make your list? I'm just curious. Yes. Okay, so I've got Wonder Woman at number 5 because since, is it New 52? We learned she's the daughter of Zeus. I, th- I feel like we've known that for a long time. Because originally she was supposed to be molded out of clay. Right. She's the daughter of Zeus. She can master every combat style and any weapon almost instantly. It doesn't take her long at all. Now, Wonder Woman has had several different uh, incarnations there that sometimes she has the strength and might of Superman. Mm -hmm. Sometimes she doesn't. But I believe now that she does. She is on equal, you know, an equal playing field with Superman as far as physical power. Yep, I'm with you. Uh, number four, I've got Superman. It might seem relatively low on the list, but you told me something last week that got Superman bumped down okay. on my list. And okay. that, uh, it, we all know Superman's powers. You know everything that he can do. Number three for me is The Flash. Okay. Oddly enough, because BJ was talking, we got to talk about the vibration thing and the speed and how that's so underutilized. All of it. It's like a, you know, melting bullets or whatever it is that he wants to do. Yeah. The Flash can fly if he wants to. And frankly, it is an age-old debate that started, I guess, in the 50s or something. But it is, I'm under the belief and impression that the Flash is faster than Superman. It's not even a debate anymore. Right. Like, that is settled. It is settled. Now, we've had that comic book. I mean, they've been racing for, like, how many comics is that? Too many. I bet you. I bet there are a hundred comic books that deal with Superman and Flash figuring out uh, which is faster. Probably so. Uh, number two for me, Martian Manhunter. Okay. Now, did you take into consideration on this list what the weakness is? No. See, I didn't either because Martian Manhunter, uh, Superman has gone on record saying several times that he is the most powerful being on the face of the earth. Of course, he can rearrange himself at the cellular level, and his mental abilities are just unparalleled. He can do telekinesis. uh, He can morph into anybody and do the voice and everything. Mm -hmm. And yes, his weakness is fire, and he's uh, horrifically afraid of... Yeah, but I I will say that the story and why that's a weakness is kind of cool. There's no fire in Mars, and so he doesn't have any natural... I mean, he's never even dealt with it before, never even seen the chemical matter. Well, because it was it was the what I understand for at least one of the ones is the trauma of seeing his planet burned and his people burn and his family burn. Well, it's the first time that he yeah sure. And, and then so that's why fire affects. Okay, him. that now that is one way to look at it. In in which case, like he's the biggest wuss of all time. Yeah, like he's so distraught that he always sees that. But in the I believe the original adaptation of Martian Manhunter, the story that I told prior to that one is the accurate one. Like there was no fire, so yeah. he didn't have a natural way to take it down now here is a oh well also too i want to throw this in about martian manhunter martian manhunter is the only person that i have ever seen in the justice league in which batman and superman will agree 
that he should be the person that is used as a mediator. Yeah. Like, they always agree on that. Let's take it to Martian Manhunter. Okay, and he was your number two? Yeah. All right, number one. You ready for this? Green Arrow. Now, oddly enough, there's <laughs> there's no green person even in my honorable mention. Okay. Dr. Fate. Okay. I don't know if Dr. Fate counts or not, but he is a sometimes member. He is of, a sometimes member of Justice League. There's no limit to what he can do. He is by far and above the most powerful member of the Justice League. The source of the power, of course, the Helmet of Fate, which yeah. has been worn by many people over the years. Physically, he can grant himself any power that he chooses. His unlimited superhuman strength and vulnerability, and of course, he can fly. He can also raise the dead, hypnotize enemies, and cast an unlimited number of spells. Superman has nothing for magic, so Dr. Fate can show up anytime with that helmet and pretty much own you. He also has the ability to warp not just the universe, but the entire multiverse as well, and he can change history at any given time. Uh, do I have to keep going? I think that seems pretty good. Uh, and also, too, if you ever read Dr. Fate, which nobody ever does because Dr. Fate's not only the most powerful member of the Justice League, but also the most underutilized. Like, he'll just disappear for 15 years at a time. He also the- goes crazy. The helmet makes him crazy. That's the that's one of the parts of it. He does go insane, but he has wiped out and changed the course of several multiverses just with thought. Yeah, so that's, that's one of the uber powers. Honorable mention, Shazam. Okay. Who we've already had the argument for yeah. on past podcasts. Yeah. Like and subscribe. Go back and get mm-hmm. that old one. And uh, Captain Adam. I didn't want to leave Captain Adam out because he can break. And, he's, and he almost has your name. Uh, he actually, Atom as opposed to Adam. Well, his actual name's Adam. That's true. Of course. Because like everything, that's the problem with comic book characters, characters back in the day. Everything was so on the nose. Right. Everything was on the nose when it came to names. Heck, we mentioned Rob Liefeld, uh, Liefeld a moment ago. His new uh, his his comic book Shrink. That's not new, but they're fast tracking that for a movie about a psychiatrist that treats superheroes with their trauma. Is Jessica Powers? That's stupid. See, everything's on the nose. Oh, and also, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but are you how familiar are you with Captain Adam? I know he shrinks. No, that's not Captain Adam. Captain Adam doesn't shrink. No. Captain Adam's the the Captain Planet-looking dude yeah. who absorbs energy. Right, and can, almo- and can do almost anything at a molecular level. So think uh, Dr. Manhattan, mm-hmm. but not quite. Like, it's not really... He a- can't see the future in the, any of those right. things. Yeah. But if he uses... The reason he's honorable mention... If he uses his powers too often and too much, he turns to liquid. Oh, okay. In which case, you know. He's the Wicked Witch of the West. Exactly. Okay. And then it takes him a while to put himself back together. But that's my list. All what'd, right. What would you think before you do yours? I liked yours. You know, I was surprised that uh, a certain uh, winged, cowled person didn't make the list in some capacity. I with... thought we went powers. Well, it is. Yeah. So, all right, good. So, I liked yours. Uh, number five on mine for, uh, for our Power 5 Justice Leaguers uh, is going to end up being The Flash. Could he be higher? Absolutely. Based upon his... And here's the reason why he's not higher. You know, last week on the podcast, as we got to the end of it, I did mention that technically he should never really able be able to be hurt because, at least from a surprise perspective, then I started going all crazy on this. And I started thinking about ways that you could kill the Flash. Because we talked about last week, if someone shot a bullet from too far away to hear it, and the bullet... Ended up hitting the Flash. The moment it touches his skin, he would be able to react and move out of the way. Because that's how fast he is. Like of a bug bite. Immediately we slap it, we move it. He would do the same thing for anything that caused him discomfort. 
So you wouldn't be able to kill them from afar. So then I automatically go, well, what if I saw, shot like 10 bullets at the same time from all different angles? Where's he going to go? They're all going to hit him at the same time. And if he's got nowhere to go, I'm going to kill him with one of those bullets. That's where my brain went. I've got one bullet coming up from the ground. I've got one bullet coming down from the sky at all different angles. Flash is now dead. So he's number five. But I have the vibration theory where could, it breaks yep. down. There's a molecular thing. And it could, but with all the, as many bullets as I've fired, maybe one of them, maybe got, I don't <laughs> Yes, know. your multi-angle 10-bullet contraption. That's right. <laughs> yep. And I fired it from the grassy knoll, all of them. So Flash is number five. Number four on my list, uh, you had on there, uh, Wonder Woman. Strength, durability. Uh, the one thing that I almost put her higher on this than even Superman. Because she is not, you can't do magical attacks on her right. like you can on Superman. Uh, so she's she can resist those. Uh, with her hunter's eye, she's allowed, with that she can always hit her mark because she's been blessed with that. Uh, she's also been blessed with empathy. So she can uh, really kind of get to the root of some of these problems from a mental perspective and even empathy with even animals to where she can almost kind of talk to them. So Wonder Woman's four. On, on my list is number three is Superman, which means I got two people in front of soups. So Superman's number three. Was, was he two on yours? He was number four on mine. I had four, three people. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So, and we know everything with Superman. All of it. You know, kryptonite's the the downfall, uh, and magic is the downfall. But beyond that, he's got everything you need in a superhero. But we've also talked about, I think, episode two of the podcast, that there's a hero I believe is greater than him that is underutilized who's not number one on my list, but number two, and that is Shazam. Sure. If you want a 15-minute ex- explanation as to why, go back and listen uh, to that part of it. But he can do everything Superman can do, and he's got magic. Superman doesn't have that. The end. Number one on my list, Martian Manhunter. Okay. And the reason being, everything you, you said in there, he's as strong as Superman is. He really is. They've talked about that. He's got super speed. Now he's so when if you really get into this, and we both did our homework, you can see when a lot of people have Wonder Woman has super speed, uh, and a lot of these people do. Superman does, but none of them are as fast as the Flash is at top speed. Some of them are as fast as the Flash, if the Flash is just running, you know, doing his regular Flash thing, but not like getting it. Uh, which is same for Superman, same for Wonder Woman as well. Martian Manhunter can do that. But when you start getting into the intangible things of Martian Manhunter, uh, like literally the intangibles, my man can make himself like Vision. Like Vision, if we got into Avengers, this would be like number one on the Avengers list. Because if if you didn't want to, if Martian Manhunter didn't want you to touch him, guess what? You can't. You're going to go right through him. He can be invisible. So imagine being, imagine if Superman was invisible and the crazy junk he'd be able to do more so than he already does. Right. Martian Manhunter can do that. He can turn, as you said, into anything. There's instances of him being as large as a building. So imagine Superman if he was the size of a two or three or 20-story building being Superman. How indestructible and amazing that would be. Martian Manhunter gets to do that. Martian Manhunter can be Superman. I've seen that done. Yeah, that's where true. Where he is Superman and can do everything that Superman can do, only, you know, you light a match instead of kryptonite or whatever. True that. But he can be any of the Justice League. Yeah, and I feel like even Wonder Woman, Martian Manhunter, the ones with the super strength, I feel like have super breath. Because I don't think it's 
you know, Superman's lungs that are doing that. I think it's his ability to take in air and then breathe it out at a capacity that has all that strength behind it. So he would have heat ray vision over Martian Manhunter, but Martian Manhunter in some instances has like a heat vision as well. Right. And so that doesn't work. So Superman's got x-ray vision. That's the only thing that really tops him from an ability standpoint. But we named the other ones, uh, the fact that Martian Manhunter uh, has telekinesis and has telepathy. Not only can he read your minds, he can move junk with his minds. He is probably the, the, the best one. That also puts him in front of Shazam as well. I had a couple of honorable mentions. Uh, Firestorm. Just because, oh, Firestorm, for sure. Because, you know, kind of a cool character. I don't, I've never loved the the dual identity part of that, that it takes two people to make up Firestorm and, like, right. just, just let Firestorm be Firestorm. Because I don't, you know, I think they do it from a writing perspective. They want something compelling in here. You know, one person thinks this way, the other person thinks uh, the other way. Um, and then I had Cyborg on here because we are in a world full of technology. He's their guy when it comes to that. Batman's not on here because Batman legitimately doesn't have any powers besides a bank account. He's got the uh, black card with no limit. Right. That's a pretty amazing rich power. Uh, Zatanna was one that I thought about, too. Yeah, magic's good for that. And I know that the the, the Hawk people uh, at various times have have had some clout, even in this latest Justice League run. And I can remember Hawk Woman's uh, name in the comic or whatever. Uh, but you know, they, they do okay. But the fact that you've got wings... I always feel like a solid. Let's say if super. Let's say Hawkman went crazy and he's going to go blow up the world. Superman or any of these guys, all you do is rip off my man's wings. Yep. In the end, my man's. I don't know if he's going to bleed out from his wings being taken off, but like he's not going to fly anymore. And then what? You got a strong dude now who can run, not super fast. I would say Green Lantern over the Hulk. People. Oh, 100%. And I did have Green Lantern on my list just on the bottom. And then the one I just put was for powers, whatever the ring will, uh, whatever the rings will and the users will, that's what the power will allow. And I would say that you would have to, you'd have to say Hal Jordan. Like if you were going to do. That's who I think of. Well, that matters. Who has the ring matters because the, with the wheel thing and everybody's willpower is different. And then the way you think of constructs like that's all different, which is like so super nerdy. Do you think they could do another Green Lantern movie? I want another Green Lantern movie, but I. Is it tainted too much? Well, what if. Let me ask you this one instead. Could you do a Green Lantern core movie? And I think the answer is yes to that one. No to a solo film. Why? Because now it's not about how bad the first one was. Now, I've seen the first one probably 10 or 15 times. Like, if it's on FX, like, I'll watch that. You know, and I, I could be totally wrong on this, and I, and I should Google and find out. But I think uh, Taika Watiti is the, the friend of Ryan Reynolds in that movie. And Taika is the guy who did Thor Ragnarok. No, he is. Is he the actor playing that role? Yes. Okay, so that that's kind of cool. Um, so I think there might be a stigma behind doing that movie. Because some of the coolest parts of that movie is when he's on Oa. Isn't that, isn't that what it's called? Yep. And all those characters are around. And then you get to go see them do a few things, but not much. But I think if you did, it's almost like a Justice League movie, but with char- it's Guardians of the Galaxy. We don't know any of those people. We might because we're comic fans, but regular people don't know them. And then maybe they're taking on Sinestro. Let's say Sinestro's already bad at this point. And now he's, he's yellow Sinestro at this point. And then you've got your Green Lantern Corps, and he's the nemesis. Or, 
you do the Red Lanterns because those are some bad dudes. In canon right now and in continuity, Atrocitus is dead. Is he really? Yeah. Wow. Well, heck, for the movies, you can still bring him back. Oh, yeah, you'd have to, because yeah. otherwise there's no Red Lantern. That's what? a pretty easy battle, then. You know, I told my brother, who's a, a massive Green Lantern fan, and, and I am too, I would like to see an animated movie with a theatrical release for the Green Lanterns in the style of Into the Spider-Verse. Like a contemporary, mm-hmm. you know, adult or teen-based animated movie like that i still think you can do a green lantern movie i don't think that it's too tainted that's not fair to say because we got two awful batman movies and nobody was like oh well batman's ruined now but there well i don't think you can ruin batman though i think that's the difference you've got so much stuff with batman that because george clooney didn't do it val kilmer didn't do it Michael Keaton certainly didn't because he set the bar. So you're able to make those movies over and over again. And you just put the the new Batman in because Batman, I think, is the part that you can't mess up. You've got a character that people are kind of familiar with that just bombed at the box office and maybe put a bad taste in their mouth. There's nothing before it that set up precedent that this character is cool. We can do this character. We don't know if we can do this character yet. How familiar is the average American with the Green Lantern? On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 so, being... Was Superman being 10? Uh, f- 3 or 4. I think they recognize... So if you saw a picture of Green Lantern, you'd go, oh, Green Lantern. Do you know anything about that? Do you know how what his powers are? Or what he gets to do? Or where he came from? Or what's his name? Or any of that? No, I don't think so. So I think a 3 or 4. You'll see you know, people wearing a, a lantern symbol on their t-shirt, but that's because it's trendy. Wow, that's the Sheldon. They mi- yeah, they might not even know who that is, to be honest with you. So I say three or four. So probably not, then. We probably won't get a movie. I don't think you can do Lantern Corps for the same reason you can't but do I, Green Lantern. Well, movie. I think you can do Lantern Corps because you did Guardians of the Galaxy. Because Guardians of the Galaxy was a zero out of ten for familiarity of those characters. The average American, if you can go negative on that. Because my buddy Tommy, he was like, there's a talking dog in that thing? I'm like, no, man, it's not a talking dog. It's a, it's a raccoon. And he talks like that's dumb. And I was like, well, don't let me tell you about a, the damn talking tree. Then it was a talking tree. And he was out of it from the word raccoon and tree. He did eventually see it and enjoyed it, but didn't really want to. I think it just happened to be on like FX or something when he, he didn't go see it in the theater. You remember free comic book day? Like I still go to them every, every it's coming up in May. <laughs> but do you remember the free comic book day where they gave a Guardians of the Galaxy comic book that released that day, like a zero or a one or yeah, something? This would have been yeah. like eight, nine years, yeah. I, maybe not even that long ago. And I remember getting that comic book and being like, what is this drivel, really? Yeah. Like, so you've got characters that are weird. But in Green Lantern, if you did a Green Lantern core, you can get behind all that. They would just look different. Did you ever think when Guardians came out and you went and you saw the film that they had ripped off the concept of what the Green Lantern core was all about? No. Man, I went straight Buckaroo Banzai when I, when I saw the first trailer for Guardians of the Galaxy. That's what I thought of. But you know that the Green Lantern's whole purpose is to be... The Guardians of the Galaxy? <laughs> yeah. Sure. Aren't the, the old dudes in the chair, aren't they the Guardians? Yes. Yeah. Which is fine. Like, I get from a name perspective, but how they go about their business is a lot different. They fly on a really cool ship. Yeah. 
Do the Green Lanterns fly oh, a really cool ship? Oh, absolutely. Okay. okay. Kilowog's riding shotgun. I gotcha. Yeah, but they, is theirs named after Alyssa Milano? No, no, not at all. They lock up bad dudes that are trying to destroy the world. Okay. They take them to far-off prison, mm-hmm. nefarious planet. Yeah. Same concept. Except the Guardians might take a little side money. on the, Like, they're not doing it for the for the same reasons. They're doing it for the cash and, and, and what's, what's in it for them. So if Han Solo ever got a yes. green ring. Yes. Then that is the Guardians of the Galaxy core movie that you would get. That's a good example. Yeah, I don't think we get a Green Lantern movie. I just don't think it's going to happen. I think, especially to to wrap up that thing, uh, now that DC's not worried about tying all the movies together, I think they're going to refocus on their core characters. And that may be four or five people from the Justice League. I like. I don't even think the Justice League is going to be this. I don't think they do Justice League again. I really don't. Because there's definitely not any intentions of it. So we know we get the Batman. We, we know they just mentioned that they're doing the Flash movie officially. Right. We know we get Aquaman 2. We know we have Wonder Woman 2. And there's an untitled Superman movie floating around. I think that's your five films. And I think that's all you worry about. I don't think you try to make that any bigger. I mean, that's if you think about it, that's probably uh, six or seven years worth of movies. We also have Black Adam that's just hanging out out there. And the cool thing about that is, since it doesn't have to tie into anything else, it doesn't have to be Shazam doesn't have to be in a part of that movie at all. Well, good. It's the best way to do it. Isn't Dwayne Johnson in that movie? Yeah. And I'm wondering why it's taken so long. They may scrap it. Well, he he addressed it not that long ago. He said it's still happening. I wouldn't be surprised if there might be a little cameo in Shazam. Yeah, but that's like Beetlejuice too. I mean, we've been getting that one for well, maybe that might happen as well. And I hope that does happen as well. I, I heard we're closer to that than we've ever been. Okay. But I hope so. All right. Well, uh, thanks for listening once again to our uh, lovely podcast. No, I don't live in my parents' basement. Uh, follow us on Twitter at No Basement Pod. Also on Instagram at No Basement. Uh, this week on Instagram, you would have seen that uh, I am arts and crafty, and uh, I do a, a TV show here in in uh, our city where Adam and I live. And on Saturdays, we do every once in a while a little arts and craft project. And I took glassware and showed my two co-hosts on the show how to etch glass with what is called etching paste. So I had to do it. So I had needed some to show examples. I did a Batman glass. I did a Spider-Man glass, which is um, the Venom, the black suit Spider-Man. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, it looks nice. And then for the show, I did the Punisher skull. And so now I'm rocking those as I'm drinking. Uh, so you can see those on our Instagram. And uh, and honestly, try it. It's actually it's pretty, pretty easy to do. It's just etching paste. Can I give an Instagram feature? This is something you and I are an arts and crafts feature from the Instagram. Yeah. I want to come to your wood shop. Yep, BJ it, does woodworking too. Yep. And I've been talking about this since I met you and found that out about you. I want a guitar. <laughs> your pedal box? I want a pedal board for yeah. all uh, for my guitar pedals. That's the coolest thing. You show up with a handmade pedal board and you're the man. Absolutely, yeah. That's what I'm, uh, literally what I'm doing after the uh, recording this today is I'm hanging two queen-size headboards that I have made for my wife for two queen beds uh, that we will be installing. And that took, I, I made them, and then I had to put three different coats of paint on them between the primer coat, the sort of gray undercoat, and then a white chalk paint top where you can see some of the gray underneath. Yay, because I love to paint. Oh, that's that retro. You're going for that vintage. Yep. And it does, like, it came out looking fantastic. And so, yeah, I like to hop in there. Absolutely. We'll, we'll get into the wood shop and do that. And I've, uh, I've made all kinds of stuff comic book related for that, too, because, you know, when you get out there and you want to do something neat, 
I have to, not like anyone's going to buy some of the comic booky things that I make, but you know what? I'll hang it up somewhere in my house. I've got a Superman table and a Marvel Comics character table that I have uh, made and decoupaged. Hey, man, this Instagram idea, why don't you take a picture of the pullout uh, box deal that you have now, right? Oh, yeah, 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 my, my comic book cabinet that I made. And then I would like to see uh, on the Instagram there the shelves. Oh, the the of my comics that I have on display. Yeah, that are graded. Yeah, because yeah. I'm into that, and uh, yeah, absolutely. So we'll do that. We'll we'll be more diligent on the Instagram. So that's once again at uh, No Basement uh, for that. Uh, make sure you subscribe so when the new episodes come out, you're notified, and then rate us as well so more people can find us and tell people about us. I know my wife has a friend that's like driving across the country, and you know, last week should have been his first week listening, and hopefully uh, this one is week number two. So tell somebody about it as well. Thanks for listening.